0: everybody. Welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. I am so glad you decided to join me today. I know that you're going to be blessed by this message because how can you not be? Because it is the Word of God. Amen. And the Word of God is living and active. And if it's taught correctly and it's it's received correctly, it's going to activate things in your life. And today we're going to talk about, I know, one of my wife's favorite set of verses and mine as well. I remember when I was on the power team, I used to this is one of the verses that I would sign on little baseball bats and half-torn phone books, but it's a powerful uh, set of verses in the New Testament, and it I think it's timely at the beginning of the year to really uh, look at this topic and make sure that we are truly applying this to our lives. And we're going to title this today, The Benefits of Proper Priorities, The Benefits of of proper priorities and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 we're going to be reading verses 33 and 34 Matthew 6 33 and 34 a lot of you as soon as you heard that you know you know what those verses are you really enjoy them as well well we're going to do this we're going to break this down a little bit and look at these and exposit these verses so we can see what they are really saying to us there's some real fascinating stuff in this amen So Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 through 34, this is what it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Whose kingdom? Well, obviously Christ's kingdom, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about tomorrow itself each day has enough trouble of its own again but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you or provided to you actually it's then in verse 34 so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own so it starts off with this uh An application, you know, people always want to talk about being blessed and prosperity and receiving things, but the most important thing, even above all that, is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then that will lead to uh, this aspect of God's provision for our life. So let's look at, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The word seek in the Greek, zeteo, means to learn where something is or try to find as a searching for what is lost. In the context that seeking is here, it speaks of this single minded focus as when one's eye is clear. It's single. So you are single mindedly seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. In the Greek, it's that verb is in the present imperative. So, in other words, what Jesus is saying is that the antidote to worrying is to make a daily choice, make it your habitual practice to prioritize God's kingdom and righteousness. I've had people in my life before that it was like they, their hallmark of their life was to worry. Worrying is not appropriate for a man or woman of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and then these things will be added unto you. We're going to talk about these things in just a little bit. So listen, the world is not going to stop tempting you um, to seek its pleasures. It's never going to end. And one of the best defenses is a good offense. In this case, seeking the things above where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. Those things we seek first. If I just stopped right here and left this with you just this far just getting a hold of the wisdom to seek first his kingdom, seek first above everything, his kingdom and his righteousness. The only way to abandon this, obviously, to, to um, obey this command to seek, uh, to, as it and have it be our practice or our daily choice, our habitual practice. The only way to to uh, obey that is to daily make a point, of uh, dying to self and getting rid of self-effort and self-sufficiency to be controlled by the Holy Spirit daily, seeking to be controlled by the Spirit. That's how we find the ability and the power to be able to accomplish this seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. We make sure that every day we are wholly controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. How do you do that? Well, you get up in the morning, you spend time with God, and you ask him to fill you with his spirit. You pray, you spend time in the word, you, you you seek first the kingdom of God, walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and you will now be able to make this your daily practice. And notice this that Jesus is not suggesting this. He's commanding all citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which you are part of, who still live on earth, to cease making material things the center of their life. This, and this even happens in the church world, it's so materially oriented. What kind of car I drive, how big my house is, what kind of, all these possessions. And that's not the key to life. The key to life is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So our lifelong pursuit is not to be for things. And that is so much what the world is like. It's just seeking to accumulate things. Think about how much emphasis people put on vehicles that they drive. You can't take that car with you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the things that you need will be added unto you. So our pursuit is not for things, but the presence and the pleasure and the person of Jesus Christ. That is what our lifelong pursuit is, to seek after Christ. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, what we read and above, this is what Jesus has done. He's reduced what we seek to effectively two categories, the essentials of life versus God's kingdom and righteousness. Seeking for the former first, the essentials of life, will make you anxious and worried. But seeking for God will give you peace that passes human understanding. I'm giving you a key to a successful, biblically successful life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus gives God's key to... um, open the door to freedom in our lives from worry and anxiety. He's saying make the conscious volitional choice every day of your life that your thoughts and actions will demonstrate that the kingdom of God is your priority in this world, this world which is passing away. That's God's key to our freedom from worry. We are not supposed to be worrying about these essentials of life. We are not supposed to be fretting over them. Too many people spend too much time worrying about needs being met, fretting over the pursuit of things. We are supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God. I learned this when I was doing this sermon, that there's something out there called worry beads. Yeah, really. And I think you can buy them on eBay. And what you're supposed to do with them is you put them in your fingers and you roll them around. And supposedly that relieves nervous tension. Guess what? doesn't work however jesus proved through his teaching beginning in matthew chapter 6 verse 25 and culminating in this command in matthew 6 33, uh he he taught us the truth that can set us free truly set us free if we diligently put this into practice so get rid of your worry beads and start seeking first the kingdom of god and his righteousness amen and it's free all you gotta do is read the word and apply it to your life what Jesus is saying to us, in essence, is what you seek, you find. And we see this in other verses with, in, throughout the word of God. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, Deuteronomy chapter 4, 29, it says this, but from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul amen and then in first chronicles 28 9 it says as for you my son solomon know the god of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind for the lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts if you seek him he will let you find him but if you forsake him he will reject you forever. First Chronicles 28.9. So there is something about seeking after the things of God first. One of my favorite Bible scholars, R.C. Sproul, who passed and went on and is in heaven right now, he said this, Seeking demands an intensity, a perseverance that will not be denied, and a zeal to achieve the desired objective. In addition to refocusing your goal of righteousness, allow the scriptures to speak to your motivation and commitment. So he's saying that this seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it demands an intensity. We've talked about these kind of things before. We run this race with intensity. This race we're running. We seek after God with intensity. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness with intensity, with motivation, and with commitment. Amen? So it says, seek first. That Greek word first, proton, means first in time, place, order, importance. The word first indicates one's first and ever dominant concern. This is the dominant concern of our lives, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So this concept of seeking first for the things of God is a predominant biblical concept that touches one's motivation and priorities, including how one spends their leisure time, the, goal, the goals one sets in their life, and whether or not they experience spiritual growth. For many of us, one of the major obstacles, and say amen if you agree with this, for many of us, one of the major obstacles to seeking first his kingdom is this persistent, uh, pesky problem with priorities. That's why I titled it this way, um, the benefit of proper priorities. And I want to read you this little illustration. It says, there was a time management expert who was speaking to a group of business students. He pulled out a large wide mouthed jar and filled it with fist size rocks. When he couldn't put any more in, he asked, is this jar full? The class responded, yes. He said, really? Then he pulled out a bucket of gravel and poured it in, shaking it down through the cracks. Then he asked, is this jar full? The students were on to him and they said, no. He said, good, he replied he dumped in a bucket of sand. Once more, he asked, is the jar full? To which they said no. Again, he said, good. Then he poured in a pitcher of water until the jar was full to the brim. Then he asked, what is the point of the illustration? And one student ventured, no matter how full your schedule, if you try hard, you can always fit more in. He said, no. He said, that's not the point. The point is, if you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. So what should our big rocks be? Jesus and his word. Seeking first the things of God and his righteousness. We put those first in our life. If we put in all the pebbles, the sand, etc., in first, we won't find time or the room for Jesus and his living word, which endures forever. So put those important things in first, the kingdom of God seeking after that and his righteousness. Amen. So we see this word kingdom, but seek first his kingdom. In the Greek, it's basileia. It denotes sovereignty, royal power, dominion. It can also refer to the territory or people over whom a king rules. Seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, Christ's kingdom. God's kingdom is his rule and reign over all things. All things. There is some aspect of his rule and sovereignty in heaven that is yet to manifest itself everywhere on earth. This is why Jesus taught his disciples to pray that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. The disciple, you and me, is to seek to bring everything around him or her under God's authority. On earth, this would include sickness, death, sin, pain, and unbelief. Seek first God's kingdom. Bring everything around you under his authority. Seek first his kingdom. And then it says, and his righteousness. Righteousness in the Greek is dikaiosune, and it's the quality of being upright. In its simplest sense, this Greek word conveys the idea of conformity, to a standard or norm. And in biblical terms, the standard is God and his perfect holy character. Seek first God's kingdom. Make sure that everything in your life is arranged under God, amen, within this kingdom. And then he's saying the standard of your, uh, of your pursuit, the standard is the righteousness of God, which is his perfect and holy character. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, in this sense, righteousness is the opposite, obviously, of sin, which is defined as missing the mark set by God. This Greek word is rightness of character before God and rightness of actions before men. So let me say that again. This is, this is really vital. You get this. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. So what it's saying is that we are supposed to be seeking um righteousness being rightness of character before God and rightness of actions before men seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness we should be pursuing rightness of in our lives and for our lives rightness of character before God and rightness of action before men righteousness of God could be succinctly stated as all that God is, all that he commands and all that he demands and all that he approves and all that he provides through Christ. So we are supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God. And we're supposed to, again, we're supposed to be seeking so that our lives have rightness of character before God and rightness of actions before men. So you see how important it is that when we're in front of people, that we don't act like the world. We are supposed to be people, when they look at us, they see us, they may not know the right words, theological words, or how to put it into words, but we we need for them to see us as people who are seeking after righteousness, that we are trying to make sure that we live our lives appropriately and the actions that we portray in front of men and women, and that we stand before God, and like we said earlier, that it's rightness of character before God, Amen. So here's a simple test um, to help you discover what you truly seek in life. So here's a test to help you discover what you truly seek in life. This test is, it's almost foolproof. Let's, I'll just say emphatically, it is absolutely foolproof. So you tell me how you spend your time and your money and I'll tell you what you're seeking. You can say anything you like. You can come to church. You can look very religious. But your time and your money don't lie. Show me your calendar and your checkbook. And I'll know the truth about your priorities. Whew, that's kind of convicting, right? Show me. Look at your calendar and your checkbook. And does it show that you are seeking first kingdom of time. In other words, what do you put your time into? I know we all got to go to work. I get that. We all have to go. But are you spending time with God first? Do you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness? The first thing you do when you get up in the morning before you even go out into your day? If you don't, I would say it behooves you that you begin. What's your time show about what you're seeking after first? What's your time? What's your calendar say about what are your priorities? What about your checkbook? In this sense, it would be about your giving. People, if if you're putting God first, it's not about giving to the preacher on TV. It's about giving unto God. Remember, we talk about tithing. That's 10%. But the New Testament talks about we're supposed to be generous givers. Does your checkbook show that you are a generous giver? If you go to a church, your church, you should be giving to your church. There's mission ministries that need to be given to. Uh, there's evangelistic ministries that you can give to. People sow into our ministry. Their checkbook would show it. You know, they've given to Brad Total Ministries. Your checkbook will show you where your priorities lie. What are you sowing, first of all, your finances to? Amen. Whether you believe in tithing or not. When you get paid the first money that comes out of that money, there should be money given to the kingdom of God, to the work of the kingdom. Whether it's 10% or above that, that first check, so to speak, or that however you give, let's, let's just use the uh, let's just use the word picture of, of checks. That first check should be going into the kingdom of God. Amen. I really believe that. So your time and your checkbook will really show about your priorities. I read um, this funny thing about this man who looked at his life and concluded that he was just like the professor on Gilligan's Island. You remember that show, Gilligan's Island? Remember the professor? He said, quote, The professor knew how to turn banana peels into diesel fuel, and he could take algae and make chocolate fudge. But he never got around to fixing that hole in the boat so he could get off the island. I never thought about that until I read this. Same as me, he said. I spent my life learning to do amazing things that didn't matter. And I ignored the hole in my boat. And that's why I'm stuck where I am. Where do your priorities lie? What the proper priorities in your life are seeking first the kingdom of God before everything else and his righteousness. And then it says, and all these things will be provided to you. A lot of times people don't uh, go to the things. They don't emphasize. That's the whole thing. That's what this is all about. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the... uh, that's the standard that's the mark that's what we've got to do that's the action we have to take and then when we do we can be absolutely guaranteed and assured that all these things will be added and provided to us so what are the things that jesus is talking about here well we read the verses before these verses 25 through 32 and they tell us what the things are so let's let me read those to you right now actually turn there so look at verses 25 through 32. These are the things that he's talking about will be provided to you if you seek first the kingdom of God. And this is almost a, there's a promise here of this action that you take. There is a promise that these things will be provided to you. You can bank on it. You can guarantee, you can take that as a guarantee. It says this, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky that they do not sow nor reap nor gather crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they And which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his life span? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these." But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what are we to eat or what are we to drink or what are we to wear for clothing? Verse 32, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Things. So in other words, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you can be absolutely guaranteed that God is going to take care of your essentials of life, food, clothing, shelter. If he takes care of the birds and clothes the lily, can he not do that for You. That is powerful stuff. So basically, Jesus is saying if your priorities are proper, there's our title, then the essentials of life will be taken care of. And there's no need to worry about that, folks, what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Don't worry. You don't need to worry about those things. They will be provided to you, to the one who seeks first his kingdom and His righteousness. Amen. Man, if we stopped it right there, we could just finish out with that verse and everything would be great. But let's go on into verse 34. It says, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's a great verse. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. That word so there, so do not worry, or therefore do not worry. That's there. It's the conclusion that's derived from the truth that God will provide all we truly need on the condition that we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. If we do that so, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Amen. See what I'm saying? Since we have this promise backed up by the testimony, this promise is backed up by the testimony of divine providence. So we should not fret about tomorrow tomorrow. This is a promise to you based on the condition of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is a divine promise, a divine providence that will be provided for you. I I guarantee you, you will see God always meeting your needs. Even when you don't think it's going to be there, it will come. It will be there. And it's not that we earn or that we merit his gifts. But our seeking, get this, shows we are surrendering our independence and throwing ourselves on him to take care of what we need. And that is a key to the life that we live as a man or woman of God. We don't earn or merit these things. But seeking him shows we are surrendering our independence and throwing ourselves on him to take care of what we need. Amen. Worry it says do not what it says do not worry about tomorrow. Worriers, people who are worried are consumed by fear which makes it difficult to trust God. People who constantly worry, listen, they're consumed by fear. it's, it's attached to fear. And when you fear, it makes, you really, it makes it really difficult for you to really trust in God. Do not let worries about tomorrow affect your relationship with God today. Start seeking first God's kingdom and then know you can trust God to meet your needs. See why we need to begin doing this seeking, as R.C. Sproul said, with intensity Look, with, look at the outcome from this. My goodness, is it worth it to seek God first? You better believe it is. Get rid of that worry. Get rid of that fretting over things. Do what you're supposed to do and let God meet your needs so you don't have to worry about any of it, right? It's an automatic thing. These things will be taken care of because worry about the future is absolutely, in material things, that's pointless. Listen, God gives us one day at a time and We just need to be concerned about today, but know that God's going to take care of today and not worry about tomorrow. Amen? So do not worry about tomorrow. It's in what we call the aorist imperative in the context. So it functions essentially as a command not to worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. Hallelujah. We need this supernatural sufficiency, not self-sufficiency, to obey this exhortation. That's why it's so important to get rid of you thinking that you can take care of the all of all this, you thinking that you can make all this happen. That's self-sufficiency. You need to dump that attitude and get a supernatural sufficiency. You're depending on God. When you start seeking with intensity God's kingdom and his rights, it shows that there's a dependence on on God to come through for you. And I guarantee you when you do that, God will always come through for you. Amen. One Bible commentator did this quote. He said, Don't borrow trouble. There's plenty to be thinking about right now. So many people are frozen with fear over what might happen two or three months down the road. Listen, if God could create the world in seven days, he can surely handle your problems in June or July. Each day has enough trouble to keep you plenty busy, you take care of today and God will take care of tomorrow. But just know this within the troubles of life and things that are always, because it's never going to stop, just know if you're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you now have that promise of divine providence. God will absolutely meet all those essential needs. Amen. And remember, worry, when people worry, it immobilizes people today. And it reveals, again, what we said, a lack of trust in God's ability to hold tomorrow and preserve us. So we need to be people who are not worriers. Jesus left absolutely no doubt that troubles of one kind or another will always be a part of our daily routine. There's always things that are going on. Look at the world around us. Look at the nation we live in. All these things are going on. Um, But We can trust God within all of this to meet all of our needs for each day. You ought to be waking up in the morning seeking first the kingdom of God. And before you leave your prayer time, say, Father, thank you. I stand upon that promise that you have met all of my needs for today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I know everything has been taken care of for today. You're not going to worry about tomorrow. And when you do, you misuse the strength God has provided for today. When you worry about tomorrow, you misuse the strength God has provided for today. Take life one day at a time in your relationship with God. Seek Him every single morning. and I guarantee you, watch what God is going to do in your life. And besides, praying every day, not just only seeking first His kingdom brings the essentials of life, but there are so many other things that spending time with God in the morning every day first will do for your life. Amen? It's like someone... Um, you know, if, if it's like working out every day or something, you just feel stronger when you're spending time with God every day. Amen. One Bible commentator said, um, the thrust of Jesus's exhortation here is to leave tomorrow with God while seeking to please him today. When tomorrow comes, he will provide all needed grace for whatever problems we have to face. Today is ours to glorify him. Uh, it's, it's just such a powerful um, truth to understand that all he's asking, all the word of God is instructing us to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous. But I guarantee you, so many people, and it happens to everybody, we let the world and life come in and steal our time. Steal our time from spending time with God, from seeking first his kingdom. And when we do that, we are blowing such incredible opportunities for God to move and operate with great um, divine providence in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, I read this illustration, and I will close with this. It was titled, Playing God. It says, I had never thought of worry as a form of taking on God's responsibility. That's good. I, never, I, I had never thought of worry as a form of taking on God's responsibility. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that worry in its naked form comes close to doing just that. I thought of this after seeing a sign in a church foyer that read, Do not feel totally, personally, irrevocably responsible for everything. That's my job. Signed, God. So this advice doesn't absolve us of all responsibility, however, the force of the statement lies in the words totally, personally, irrevocably, and everything. We feel like we are the ones that are supposed to solve our own problems. And unless we come up with the right solution, everything is going to be messed up. All is going to be lost. We try to take responsibility for our own lives. And yes, in some sense, we are supposed to do that. But God wants us ultimately to rely upon his guidance. When problems arise, our first duty is to bring them to him in prayer. Remember, we've been saying this throughout this whole sermon. We have got to daily depend on God. And God will grant us the forgiveness, and he will give us the strength to keep on moving forward. Amen. Hallelujah. Seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness, folks, it's a full-time job. Um, we do not have the time energy or mental capacity to 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 worry about all these things all the time seeking god's kingdom and his righteousness is a daily it's a full-time job that we and with intensity strive to do every single day of every day of our lives there's never a vacation time you take off where you're not seeking After His kingdom and His righteousness. Listen, pagan people in the world—they worry about things, and their worry ends ends with a dead end. But we we are people who are not built that way. You're not who you used to be. You you are a child of God, living within the kingdom of God, and there are principles within God's kingdom that, if we follow them, we will see everything and experience everything that God has for us to experience. And one of the greatest things that we can always experience from him is to have our daily needs consistently, constantly, and always met without worrying about it one bit. And that's the beauty of what I'm talking to you about. And I'll say this last few words, is that when you do the condition of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there is now a promise of divine providence in your life. God will take care of everything you have need of. But again, it stands on you fulfilling that condition of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. So make... Seeking after the things of God, bringing everything in your life under God's control and seeking to live a life that's right before him and that is a life that is an example in front of people in the world of righteousness and watch what God will do in your life. I can stand here and get, I could give you testimony after testimony about my own life personally and so could my wife and we have seen God constantly always meet our needs because we have a desire to seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness. Amen. I hope that's. I hope this has helped you. Do it. Now it's time for you to do it. I'm going to pray for you, but now it's time for you to make the decision to give your time to God first before anything else. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for this message. It is a blessing to me. It just continually... Um, encourages me, Lord God, to stay the course, to continue to get up in the morning first and spend time with you to seek your kingdom and your righteousness first, to seek to live a life that is right in your eyes and to seek to live a life that is an example to those in the world of the righteousness of God. I thank you, Father God, that I desire this. I pray everyone who listens to this today would make up their mind. They're going to make sure their priorities are properly, they're proper and that their time shows their priority is with God. Even their checkbook shows that their priorities are with God first. So we thank you for this, God. We thank you for them. I praise you and thank you. They're going to see things change in their lives. If they step into this, if they receive this, and if they be a doer of the word and not just a hearer, I thank you that they will see things in their lives change. They will see worry be gone, and they will know that God is going to take care of everything that they need. We thank you for this today, Father God. Thank you that you are God of divine providence. You know what we need. You're just asking us, seek me first. Seek my kingdom and my righteousness, and I guarantee all these things are gonna come to you. So we thank you, we praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Tomorrow morning, get up, spend time with God, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. Amen. God bless you.